Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, welcome to the Early Birds podcast. This is a special episode. Uh, I am a host spe- guest today, Rami Jamil, with our special guest and friend, Kyle Lang. Uh, he is uh, a broker at uh, a real estate broker at Remax Dream Properties. Um, getting up early is a big deal. We've got the Early Birds podcast because it's all about starting the day right. Early bird gets the worm. It's a good old saying, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to uh, to bring you in here because we know you've done a lot on your own as a uh, as a producing real estate agent. Yep. But now um, with your own team, um, growing that while you're growing your family. Um, and what I wanted to find out and talk to you about today is how do you do it? What's so important to you about getting up early? And what has it done for you in the past few years in your career to help you Sure. Propel the way you have. Yeah. So mine's actually kind of transitioned a little bit. First off, thanks guys for having me. Um, but uh, yeah, mine's transitioned a little bit. So up until about four months ago when my son was born, um, I was up at six every day, out the door to the gym, and then try to be in the office before 8 a.m. was like my, my general goal and beat everyone there. Transitioned that a little bit now. I got a four month old. I have my daughter who just started kindergarten as well. So now I'm up early every morning, but I'm 100% in dad mode, right? Where it's like getting the kids ready for school, helping get everyone out the door. We're fortunate enough to where we live in a a community where our elementary school is actually in our neighborhood. So we walk to school every morning. Um, So now it's transitioned a, a little bit, but it's still all about like getting up. I'm a huge proponent of just having a positive mindset. So with with anything that I'm doing, I just try to keep a positive mentality about it and just start your day off on the right foot. Um, I think I think it's huge to just any form of success, whether you're in the real estate industry, whether you're doing mortgages, whatever you're doing, like starting your day off the right way, I think is crucial just to success in your career. Yeah, without a doubt. I agree. Um, it's a de- In my personal experience, I think it's a little bit more difficult with the kids. I think it's a little easier to just get up and go to the gym. Oh, million percent. <laughs> million um, percent. Uh, so tell me a little bit about, you know, what's what's changed between um, being a, a, a full-time producing agent? Because, you know, we, we've got a lot of, you know, we've got a lot of viewers here and some people are going to be, you know, a, a self-producing person that's kind of working on their, their own path. Sure. But also like what you've done right now, which is taken over an entire brokerage. Yep. You've scaled it a ton. Yep. I know you work with a lot of our um, a lot of our partners and, and friends. I know Alex Wojner yep. happens to be a really good friend of yours yep. who I'm very fond of. And he kind of brings me up to speed on what you guys are doing. And it's nothing short of like am- amazing. Sure. So like what, what, what has that, how has that vision and path looked like for you? over the last year and a yeah, half or so. so. I'll kind of start it for the, from the beginning. So I started in the industry in April of 2016. Um, I had worked, uh, my family owns a used car dealership. So I worked uh, for my dad for a couple of years and I just wasn't feeling it. It was the like the same thing every day was just, it wasn't for me. I needed a, I needed a change. I needed to do something different. Um, I got a wife who likes expensive shit and I was like, what can I do where I can actually make money? And so that's when real estate ended up being uh, the next go-to. Um, and when I started with that, uh, I went to the broker, or sorry, to the agent that we had used when we had bought and sold our houses. And I just told her, hey, I think I'll get into the industry. Um, one, do you think I'd be a good fit? And two, do you think I'd be a good fit for your brokerage? She's like, I think you'd do great at it. Um, and she said, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to sit you down and introduce you to, to Lisa, who um, who was my broker. So met Lisa. I interviewed at one brokerage. There's so many 
agents, especially now that I'm on the other side of the desk is what I like to say in the broker role where they go in and they talk to five, six agents. I'm like, yeah, do your research, but you also like, you have to kind of like, when you know, you know, right. It's just like when you got married, right? Like when you like one moment hit for your wife where you were just like, all right, she's the one, this is the one that I'm going to marry. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this woman. For me, it was, I went in, I interviewed with them and I was like, yep, this is the brokerage for me. This is where I want to be. Um, so with being with a Remax office as well, Remax is a little bit different. Um, actually, fortunate enough, this year uh, in 2023, we're celebrating 50 years in the industry is how long Remax has been around. Um, but with that being said, it's one of those brands that like it's a, it's a tried and true method, which is what I really liked about it. But secondly, too, just knowing there are other high-end producers, just like you guys see it here. I mean, you guys have a lot of really good loan officers that work here. And iron sharpens iron, right? Like you're going to become a better loan officer by being around other really good loan officers that are going to help you level your game up. And that's what I wanted, right? I wanted to go work at a place where if I didn't know how to handle a situation, I could walk down the hallway and there'd be three other agents that have probably done it 300 times and I could talk to them about it. So um, I started off, I just did it part-time uh, for the first eight months. Uh, and then at the end of 2016, I was like, all right, my we were expecting my daughter and um, I, I had a, a decent year. I think I did like 14 transactions in those first eight months. And I was like, all right, I can, I think I'm going to like go all in on this. So that's when I left the job at the dealership working for my dad um, and started full, full time as an agent, um, which I mean, I don't know if people realize this. I'm sure everyone that's watching this podcast does is, but like, you know, being an agent, hundred percent commission, no benefits, right? Like you're, you're on your own. I was, uh, you know, 24 years old, I had my first kid on the way. Uh, but my wife was always super supportive about it. And she was one of, it was one of those situations where she's like, if you, if you're not happy with what you're doing, like you need to change your situation, no matter what it is, no matter how comfortable we were, like you need to change that. So transitioned into the, uh, the agent role. Um, my first full year in the business, I did five and a half million. I want to say on like 36 transactions. And then it just grew every year. The next year I was at 8 million. The year after that, I was at 9 million, uh, then 12 million. And then up to last year, um, when I was the number one Remax agent in the region, uh, 22 million on 127 transactions. Yeah. And so I, uh, I, hundred percent myself, never had a processor, never had an assistant. Uh, fortunately enough at Remax Dream Properties, we're what I call a full service brokerage. So essentially what that means is from the time I get an offer accepted, all I really got to do is turn in the package and the admin staff, they order the title work. They're going to handle all the back end stuff, but I'm still involved making sure that the, you know, the appraisals are ordered, everything worked out with the CFO. I'm still communicating with title if, you know, the mortgage payoffs, things like that. Um, but having the full support staff there has been super beneficial. But yeah, so did it all on my own. People all the time, I see people that they're running around and they're stressing. You know, they're doing 35, 40 transactions a year and they're like, I need an assistant. I was like, you don't need an assistant. You need to work. Like, that's what you need to do, right? Like, it's all about time management, just like getting up early. Like, for me, when I was up in the office before 8 a.m., I would. Because, I mean, the rest of the world isn't working right now, guys, right? You know what I'm saying? But you can get ahead by so much. So now this is where this time of day is when you need to be doing all your your scheduling, all your planning, and then anything that you can do paperwork-wise, like, that's what you could knock out. I would have more done by 9 a.m. than most agents are going to get done by working from 9 to 6 because I was just up early getting after it. And I was super simple with it. A lot of people, like I see, like, these dry erase boards and stuff like that. I never got into those. I would just keep a piece of just, like, scrap paper on my desk. And I would just have every pending file that I currently had. 
and I would just go through, all right, like what do I got to do for this one? All right, this is, I, you know, I checked on this one yesterday. I'm good here. And just go through that list every single day and just make sure that I was staying on top of it. Um, and then that, that was really it. I love how you said that was really it. Yeah. Um, cause the things you describe, I, I can relate to yeah. having worked in the mortgage industry for 10 years now and doing purchase. I did purchase primarily. I was a guy that didn't write a refi you know, until 2017. Yeah. Right. And I've been in the game for that long, which is kind of crazy. So I did right. purchase and I worked with people like you and, and you're, you're, you're not normal for doing that. Um, and it's, it's a special thing, sure. but it sounds like the biggest thing. It sounds like the biggest thing is your consistency. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Like I tell all our agents that too, like you got to keep chopping wood, man. Like for me, there's things that I do. I call them money-making habits, right? There's things that I do that I know are going to work for me. It's like, whether I've got you know, three pending files, or if I got 13 pending files, I'm doing the same thing every single day because eventually it's going to turn around. Right. And like this, this business is so much of a, of a momentum business. Mm. I mean, you get it right. Like once you get two or three deals in the drawer, it's so much easier to get up to five, six, seven, eight versus like, Oh, like when you're sitting there stressing about it, right. It's like, no man, it's not worth it. Like keep doing the things that have gotten you to where you are and they're, they're going to work over time. It's tried and true. There's so many agents that, oh, well, you know, this time of year, November, December, January, this is the slow season. Like for me, this was always my busiest season, always. And I think a lot of it was because when I first started, I was working with a lot of first-time homebuyers, right? Mm. And so first-time homebuyers, like they don't care about a school schedule, right? Like they don't got to get the kids in by a certain time. They're just ready to go and they just all enjoyed their summer and they were doing whatever it is they want to do. And now they're going to buy a house in the winter. That way they can, you know do whatever they need to do to get it ready and they're ready to go for next summer so they can get back out at the lake or go out and do you know do whatever they want to do. So there's always an opportunity to be busy in this industry. You just have to like know where to look for it. For sure. For sure. It's I mean, like the things that I'm hearing is and, and I, I've had limited interactions with you in comparison to like Alex Wojner or sure. dad. Um they get to know you a little bit more, but you know, I'm getting to like you more and more just by hearing what you're saying. Um, I may even offer you a job after All right, you cool. probably won't take it, but would no. would love to have somebody like you. It sounds like, like, dude, your, your mindset's on point. Yep. Um, you know, you're an early bird. It's not easy to be a morning person. Sure. You know, my wife is one of the most optimistic, sweet people in the world, yeah. but she's not a morning person. Yeah. You're clearly a morning person. You clearly keep that, you know, that, that same level head. Yeah. You don't let things get through to you. It sounds like, Hey, this, these are just the steps to take. But what, like, what are you doing for your, for your, for your mantra, for your mind, in order to operate this way? At a young age, you sound like you're probably what my age, 30, 31. Yeah. yeah 30. So, like, how have you gotten to that type of level? Yeah. Um, to be able to take care of your kids, wake up every day, get punched in the face, oftentimes in this business as we do. Yeah. Still know that I'm going to continue to take these, continue continuously take these actions. Yep. To find success. And, and, and do it over and over again because, you know, that's the that's the biggest diff maker. You'll see a flash in the pan in this industry. You'll see a flash in the pan in any industry. Yep. You'll see a flash in pan in your life. People have highs in life and really, really, like, big lows in life, and that's yep. normal. How are you keeping it like this right now? Because it looks like, for me, you're like that, but you, 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 you're, not, you're never down here. No. So um, I'm a big sports guy. So Alex and I met actually playing youth hockey together when we were, like, 12 or 13 years old. Um, and then I've just always been, so before I got into real estate, before I got in the car business, like my goal was I wanted to be a hockey coach. Like I wanted to do that for my profession and I did it for a little bit, coach at the junior level, coach at the collegiate level too. So like I was always following 
athletes and their mentalities. And there's so many mm-hmm. similarities between sports and business. And if you can just find the way to correlate those, like I see, we got this Kobe Bryant picture up here. Um, yes. So like the mom mentality book, like it's an insane book. If you haven't read it yet, like I totally recommend it. Another one that I love is the energy bus by John Gordon. Um, it's a really quick, easy read. You can even get it like the audio book too, but so much of that stuff is all about just having a positive mindset, like never getting too high and never getting too low. Um, I think is crucial to your, to, to your success, but that doesn't mean like you don't like stress and you don't freak out. Like for me, like there's certain times where, yeah, like I'm, I think my world is ending over something that I know, I know it's really not, but like when you're communicating with clients, with other agents, with other professionals in the industry, like you have to keep a certain level of calm, right? I actually had one transaction a couple of years ago where, um, kid I grew up going to school with, um, but we hadn't spoken probably since like the seventh grade. And he reached out to me, you know, 15 years later, more than that. Um, and he said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking about looking to, to buy a house. And I didn't know if you, if you'd be able to help me. I'm like, Oh, absolutely, man. Like, where are you looking? So we figure out where he, where he wanted to be. Um, and we start looking at properties and then at closing, um, he says, he said something that really stuck with me. Um, he goes, yeah, he goes, I I probably would have worked with you anyway, just because we, we knew each other for so long. He said, but the reason I really wanted to work with you is because I see you do a, a certain level of business, a certain amount of business. And I didn't want to be like a deal where you had to close to be able to pay your bills. Right. Like I wanted to be one of those ones where I'm working with an agent that knows what they're doing, but it doesn't really matter if I buy a house or not, because there's some people that aren't on a timeline, right? Some buyers or some sellers like, yeah, like I want to move, but I don't have to move right now. Right. But he felt like if he would have been working with an agent that maybe didn't do as much business, um, that they might have been trying to like pressure him or push him along. And you never know what comes up like with an inspection and stuff like that. He's just like, I want to work with somebody that I knew it didn't matter whether I closed or not. And I was like, no, dude, like that, that makes complete sense. We work in an industry where so many people, and like I actually ran a billboard with this uh, about a year ago, pissed a lot of people off. But um, it said, you know, I tell people all the time, don't work with the agent you know best. Don't work the loan officer you know best because we like yeah. working in the industry. Yeah. There's so many people that work in this industry. Mm-hmm. And so many of the consumers, they probably know three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine realtors, loan officers. Just because you know them really well doesn't mean that they're good at their job. And in this financial commitment you're making, it's gonna be one of the biggest financial decisions you'll make in your life for most people. So don't just trust that to, you know, your ex-aunt-in-law because you've known her for 25 years and she's been in the business for 20. It's like, just because you're doing that, I tell agents that all the time, I'll, I'll do a transaction with an agent and they have no idea what they're doing. And they'll say, I've been in the business for 20 years. And I tell them, the only thing that tells me is you've been fucking up real estate transactions since I was 10 years old. Like, that's all it tells me. But there's so many people that it's the truth, though, man. Like you deal with it too. You, know, I know you get a buyer's agent or a listing. I'm sure for you, you probably get more shit from listing agents working in the loan officer side, right? Like, why aren't we closing on time? What's going on? Why aren't we in underwriting? It's like, dude, let them do your job. Like Alex will tell you, if I call Alex, it's either to talk with him about uh, a new potential client that we have, or it's just to BS. Like I'm not calling him to check in on, like, hey, how's the file going, right? Like, what's going on with this deal? It's like. I know he's doing what he needs to do on his end. Like he's, he's a professional, right? Like I tell every time I get an offer accepted, if I'm working on the buy side, I tell the listing agent, Hey, if you have any mortgage related questions, feel free to call Alex at any time. Don't call me. We're not gonna play the game with telephone here. I'm not the loan officer. Right? Like, and that's where so many things get, get, 
get mismanaged and get mingled is because so many agents try to do too much, right? Like mm-hmm. when I uh, I got my real estate license, the instructor, he's like, listen, your job as, a, as an agent, your only job is you got to bring buyers and sellers together, negotiate terms and price. That, that's your job. And stay in your lane for everything else, yep. right? Like I'm not the title agent. I'm not the loan officer. I don't know those things. I'm not the homeowner. I'm not the insurance agent, right? I'm just handling the real estate transaction. And all I can tell you is what's going on in the real estate transaction part. And it's so natural because, too, I think a lot of times, um, and I'm, I'm sure you'll agree on this with me, but for the most part, it starts off with potential buyer reaches out to real estate agent, and then real estate agent passes them along to loan officer, right? Very rarely do they go to the loan officer first. And I always say, the mm-hmm. real estate part's the fun part of the transaction, right? Like everyone likes going online and looking at the cool houses and going to do showings and stuff like that. No one wants to talk about their credit and no one wants to talk about their, you know, getting their tax returns turned over and stuff like that. So that's <laughs> why it's so important for, and I tell all my agents, that's to align with a good loan officer that's going to set you up for success and make sure that you're really ready to go um, once that buyer reaches out to you and wants, wants to start looking. For sure. I mean, a lot of what you do, is it sounds it's it's professional you talked about staying in your lane yeah um i think it's off it's being authentic too though to be like authenticity always wins in this industry there's so much just like fake bullshit man like how many awards do we need right like i saw people sharing some shit last week it's like top 50 agents on social media like what the fuck does that mean like you got more followers than everyone else like i don't i don't even know i literally don't know what this means did you see the uh the Halloween costumes. One of them was like a top producing agent. Yeah, it was a costume. Yeah, it said includes a magazine that you paid to be it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Just it's just like we don't need. They all had a good loan officer once too. By yeah. the way, we, oh, we, we do the same thing. Million percent. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only industry though that I can think of that does stuff like that. Man, yeah. I'm granted like I haven't worked in everything, but it's just like. I, I don't know, right? And, like, everyone's a million-dollar producer now. Everyone's like, on Forbes. Oh, you know? <laughs> it's wild. Or the uh, I remember the first year I got the Hour Real Estate All-Star. I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. And now it's like, you know, you're on, like, year six or year seven, and, like, everyone just keeps sharing the same article yeah. over and over and over. And that's the other thing, too. Like, you have to be individualistic with this and provide value. Don't just do the same thing that others are doing. I think it's different for us because us working in the industry, and especially with us in management roles too, because a big part of it is recruiting, right? And is bringing on, you want to bring on good LOs, good good processors like that. I want to bring in good agents too. So I interact with a lot more agents on social media than the average person would. But it's just like, have you seen like the breakdowns? Like, oh, like, you know. House for three fifty now, and house for three fifty six months ago, and you weren't paying this much over list price. Now yeah. it's just like, how many agents are going to share that one? How many? Cause I've I had to have seen it at least thirty times. Quite a few, right? Quite a few. It's like the, I like it though. It's yeah, creative. It is creative, but it's just like be your own level of creative, right? right? Like don't just keep taking the same thing over and over and over again. I tell all my agents like you have to bring value to the consumer. Like that's what's going to separate you from somebody else is bringing value. Don't just like post stuff. Hey, I'm a real estate agent. Like. Share an article about something. Like, talk with someone about, communicate with someone about. When I first started and I was like, when I wanted to do this full time, my goal, I said, I wanted to talk with one new person a day about real estate. It didn't matter what it was, whether it was about getting them pre approved, getting, you know, doing a CMA on their property, or just explaining a situation to somebody. I figured if I could talk to one new person a day about a real estate transaction or a potential real estate transaction, I was like, I knew that it's going to help the business grow. For sure. How do you, um, I, I totally agree. How how do you utilize the morning? And I know you mentioned like 
You look at your hot list. You know exactly what's going on. You have a simple method. You don't need a whiteboard. Yep. You don't need a CRM. You've got it written down. You know to just double check for certain key points. Yep. Running a team, yep. running a business at the scale that you do, and you've even taken your own step back yep. just to build this business. Right. And I know that you're a caring individual. I can just tell by seeing you yeah. that you will do for others 100%. before you do for yourself. Every time. What is that morning? How important is the morning and being early for that kind of stuff? Yeah, um, I just think it's nice to be able to, because this business, a lot of the time, like I, Kathy Zini works in our office. She's been in the industry for 40 years. Kathy Zini's actually, like, the cool thing about Kathy is she's had two really successful real estate careers. With what I say about that is, so she was a really good agent, built up a really good book of business in the early 80s to the early 90s. But then she had kids. So then she stayed home with her kids and then once her kids got to be about middle school age she got back into real estate and almost picked up right where she left off and had another really really successful real estate career so but kathy would always say you know this business a lot of it is just putting out fires it's just stuff's gonna come up but you got to be ready so mm-hmm. if i have like you said like my hot yeah. list right if i come in and i go over my list every morning once that's done i'm good with that for the day then it gives me the ability to handle all the problems that come up throughout the day to be able to be be on the ball, right? So usually I'm done working on my business stuff, like my real estate side, by 10 or 11 a.m. And then from that point on, the rest of the day, it's, all right, like, what do the agents need? How can I help them? What questions might they have? Um, but, yeah, I think um, one thing I learned, like, when I was coaching collegiately um, down at Adrian, I coached with a guy named Gary Estalis, super successful coach. This guy would be successful at whatever he wanted to do, but he loves – coaching hockey and just leading men and that's that's his life's calling um and yeah i went to st mary's i know a lot of those names okay so when i first uh when i first talked with g or our first team meeting my first year there he said he goes to lead is to serve and that's exactly what it is right like if you're going to be a leader like you have to serve the people that work around you so just like you said I do for our agents and for our clients before I ever do for myself, but I know in the back of my mind by doing that, it's going to benefit me in the long run, right? Like if you do right by people, just over time, it's going to pay off. Givers gain, takers lose, right? You, you, Lisa would always say you get by giving, like that's what you get by giving. So I always, whether it's, you know, um, a client that didn't have a great transaction with one of our agents, could, could have been the agent's fault. Could have been the client's fault. Who knows what happened? Just trying to step in there and understanding that, like, this is a people-first industry. And, like, yeah, you're going to do a lot of real estate transactions. You're going to sell a lot of houses. You have one reputation. Like, that's it. You only have one reputation. And I worked my ass off for seven years to build a solid foundation on that reputation. And I'll be damned if I'm going to let one transaction come in and ruin all of that for, for what we've built. And now, I mean, I've got 52 other agents now that are that are relying upon that, right? And like they want That's a lot of people, man. yeah, hundred percent, a lot of families, and they, um, you know, they want to make sure that they're working with someone that is headed in the right direction and is always working the right way. And that's exactly how I am, right? Like, it's in this industry, like you know. Sometimes you got to do some greasy things to close some deals, right? Like every de- every deal isn't going to be an easy, smooth transaction. Yeah. But like to know some that you can get grease. it done, hundred um, percent. But to know that you can get it done, um, I think that's the most important thing, and that's again what's going to attract more clients to you, more people to you in general. Just having those positive things are what's going to be most beneficial for you. I mean, a lot of what you've said in the last few questions and things that you mentioned were like to me, it's just like what I think of immediately is moral compass. Yeah. sounds like a strong moral compass. And I remember 
even a few months ago, because I know you're you're amongst the community. You're not just with clients, like you said. You're around other agents, and yeah. you're, you recruit and you provide value and you put content out there. And I remember a few months ago you sent something out. I can't remember the post specifically, but I remember really liking it. It was two other agents, and it was something. It was about like doing the right thing. Yeah. It was literally like a post on Facebook. Nothing like you could tell that there was no self gain out of it. None. And it tells you could tell you were frustrated. I was actually about a transaction. super nervous. Tell me actually, about this. I was super nervous about that um, when it happened, just for the simple fact that I thought it might turn some people off, and it probably did. But at the end of the day, like again, authenticity always wins, and I. Uh, I got like I got to be myself, right? Like that's just that's just what I got to do, and that's what that's what makes me me. Is what I always tell everyone, like that's what makes you you. Is when you do stuff like that. So I wanted to get that out there, um, but yeah, like there's just it goes back to like in any industry, some people just suck, and it's just it is what it is. <laughs> and there's gonna be some people that are just gonna get in the way of a closing. I tell people all the time, like you know, it'd be so much easier if I could just work with every with every client on my transaction. People are like, oh, like so you could double dip, so you can make more money. It's like, don't get me wrong, the money wouldn't hurt, but no, it's because I know how to navigate through a transaction, and I'm gonna look after both sides and try to be as fair as possible, right? Yep. Like, that's yep. the one thing I don't think people realize. People, it's, oh, it's buyers versus sellers. Like, no, it's not. Like. Everyone has the same goal in mind. The buyers want to buy the house. The sellers want to sell the house. Let's try to be as fair and as civil to each other as possible. And in this this instance, this agent, she just she, she she didn't get it. She was just so out of line and just speaking for her clients when you know she wasn't supposed to, and then backtracking. And it was just one of those deals where I was just like, I hope I never have to deal with this woman again. And I, I just <laughs> not not to be rude to her and like obviously I get you know everyone has a job, but like. It is a disservice to clients that there are agents like her that are working. Like, I feel terrible for people that end up working with her because I know that they're getting a disservice. And I think some people are saying, like, oh, like, it's only going to get better now because how the market is slowing down. A lot of people are going to get out of the business. Like, that that could be true. But I the other thing you have to realize is, I mean, the days of having 20 offers on every house is probably gone for the next little while. Yeah. So – it might actually make it easier for those shitty agents to stay in the industry a little bit longer because they might, be able to get, they might be able to get more offers accepted and it's stuff, right? It's a 1099 sole proprietor. You could still have your side job. You could still do it and dabble on the side, which I for sure disagree with. Yeah. I think it should be a professional And that's career. the thing. Like, look at me, like, I started part-time too, but if you're going to be part-time um, – Our forever part-timers is, is more yeah, so what I meant. Yeah, they it, jump in when it's hot and kind of just mosey on well, when it's not. I'll, I'll quote – this when I first started coaching hockey, uh, to coach, uh, you have to go through there's, there's different levels, right? So mm-hmm. you can only do one level a year. So I remember I was at my level one coaching clinic, and the guy's name was Bob Mancini. He was the director of USA Hockey at the time. I don't know if he still is or not, but Bob Mancini, because most of the coaches at that level were all volunteers. He was yeah. going to tell you guys this one thing. He said, just because you're a volunteer does not give you the right to suck. Just because you're a part-time agent, that doesn't mean it gives you the right to suck. Right. If you're going to be a part-time agent, that's fine. But you need to make sure that you're delivering the same level of service to your clients and to the other agent. Because us as agents, a lot of time, we're relying upon, just like you as a loan officer too, we're relying upon what the other person tells us, right? So like if they're mm-hmm. misleading us, that screws the both of us over, oh, yeah. right? And it makes, others. It makes and us look bad partners. to our clients, right? Yeah. Like, the thing is, like, I can't control what another grown adult does, but at the end of the day our clients are relying upon us to convey to them the information that we're getting from that other agent. For sure. I mean, it's on us to shield it. It's on us to uh, to utilize our best judgment yep. to give them the best guidance possible. 
you know, look out for all parties. Yep. I love that. So I'll do a deal here and there. I don't really originate as much. I don't have the the time. Yeah. I hate saying that, but um, oh, I, but yeah, I, I like my other, I want to help my other folks get successful, the, the LOs to, to find, you know, that business. But, you know, I spoke to an agent, a referral came from me from a, a past employee of mine. Okay. Um, and she, you know, she just came right to me and I, I didn't know her agent reached out to her and, you know, just little things like, um, this is one example, like the, she, she obviously loved work, is loving working with me and appraisal came in like 10, 15 grand high. We already had seller's concessions, right? And I, I remember, you know, what loan officers would do and what I did not do is did not let the client know that we're going to raise the price and get concessions. I went to the agent first, right? And right. I said, hey, would this be possible? Just so you know, we exactly. can drop their pay more. Hey, I'm so glad you taught, you asked me that because, you know, the sellers already think they're giving away the house for a steal. They don't know that it came in above value. I don't want to ruin the transaction. She yep. she's she calls me for things. They the 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 buyer you know our client say hey Rami should I do this what should I make my offer hey I, I love the house I think that makes sense here's what it looks like but you've got to talk to Kyle yep. that's your agent that's what they do and I think in our our our, our, our generation I think a big piece of of what what we're missing is communication yeah. we text at best there's no tone via text when shit goes wrong we don't we disappear. Rather than just get picking up the phone and talking to the other party, getting on the same page, both trying to understand each other, and, and doing what's best for everybody around us, and I think that's what a lot of people are really missing. Yep, hundred percent. Communication is key, and just being transparent. Awesome, awesome. I got a lot out of this. Thank you. Yeah, um, no, I appreciate I, you guys for having me. No, thank you for coming. Um, again, Kyle Lang, Remax Dream Properties, doing some great things. I love having you here. Took a lot out of it, and uh, hope hope to see you again.